What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G-O-D make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Devrin? Yo, what's going on, Dave? Yo, it's good to see you again, bro. It's yeah, been two weeks. See me and see, look, I told you the hair was going to be uh, going to be shaped up. I, hey, I told you I was going to get it back. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you got that SEC, bro. Yeah, got it back. Got it back. Hey, listen, hey, show the people, show the people the shirt. Show the people the merch. Yeah. Just in case people forgot, we got gear. We got gear. Hashtag love your neighbor, bro. It ain't changed. It ain't changed. Love your neighbor. Big facts. Big facts. Hey, before we get into it, bro, let me let me kick this off right quick with thank you so much. We had a bunch of people subscribe to our YouTube page in the last week. We are really trying to grow our like video content production and, and output. Uh, so between there and IGTV, and, and if you're on Facebook, you'll see the videos as well. But we appreciate everybody that shared liked subscribed everything like that like we really appreciate that man that that's that's dope and and we want to keep having that engagement because it's fun for us right like i think at the end of the day it's fun and we like putting out that video content to be able to you know make make a you know bigger splash elsewhere other than just the podcast yeah for sure for sure and so just keep interacting with us uh if you haven't yet like and subscribe to our youtube channel um um, and then also um, write a review on our podcast um, on uh, Apple, on Apple Music, and then subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever else you get your, your your podcast. Big facts, big facts. Second thing, this is actually a bonus episode. You're welcome. Uh, we're recording two podcasts same day. We're super excited. Uh, just so y'all know, today is Sunday, January twenty fourth. Uh, we have literally just witnessed Tom Brady lead the Bucks to the Super Bowl where they are going to be the first team in NFL history to host a Super Bowl at their own home stadium. See, this is the thing. I'm 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 not going to lie to you, Dave. I'm a hater and I I I don't I don't like I don't like Tom Brady. And I think like um, a friend of mine was asking me about this earlier today. He was asking, like, well, don't you just like greatness? You know, you got LeBron and Nick Saban and Brady all in the same time period that you get to witness all these people. And I'll be honest with you, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I was thinking to myself, I, I guess I don't like greatness because I don't want to see somebody like Tom Brady's like 42 and still dominating people half his age. Like, I don't want to see that anymore. And just like I, the same with LeBron, I don't want to see a 36-year-old 
still dominate. Like I want to see him start to fall, you know, a little bit, you know, like he, he's gotten better somehow, some way a 36 year old has gotten better. And Nick Saban has beat, he beat COVID twice in one year to win a national championship. I just don't understand it. So, so yeah, I am a hater. And, and if, if you're a fan of any of these people that I just named, listen, I, I'm sorry. I just came to the reality of it. I'm a hater. I, I don't like it. You're, you're a winning hater. I, hey, you know what, man? I respect it because, I like, growing up, like, I remember despising, even though now I'm not as big of a baseball fan, but I remember despising the Yankees, bro. They won every year. I remember despising Duke, like, right, you know, like, just, like, right in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, they just won at, all the time, it felt like. Yeah. Uh, so I, mean, I definitely, yeah, I definitely. Like it's it's their saying. job. It's their job to win games. Like you, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, we I, hate them for it. <laughs> like, I feel like I could play that clip. Like you play to win the game. Like I get that, but I get bored of it. Like I'm a fan. The only team that I like that is the, like dominates every year is Ohio state football. Right. And everybody hates Ohio state football for, I mean, I get it like for rightful reasons. Cause they've dominated the big team for however long everyone else all the rest of my teams they're the underdog in every situation this is true and so when i see a team dominate like that i want to know how it feels to be a winner for six straight years i, I just don't i just want to know like tom brady is going for his seventh ring right yeah the browns don't haven't even been to the super bowl seven times no between between the browns the indians and the Cavs. They haven't been to a championship seven times since no. like 1945. That's cra- that's crazy to think about. Well, bro, I'm a Bengals fan. We ain't even won a playoff game in 30 years, bro. Yeah, see. 30 years. So that's- while we're on the topic of the NFL and we're talking about great quarterbacks, we got to talk a little bit about – what a perfect transition, by the way. We got to talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson. Dude got paid – this last year, big, big paycheck, big. secured the bag, big paycheck, bro. Tell us what is happening in Houston land with Deshaun Watson, right? I think people in Houston land know what's going on in Houston. Land right <laughs> they <now>. don't. <laughs> they've lost in the period of time. They've lost their, one of their star baseball players. I don't know his name. Cause I don't care about baseball. They lost uh, James Harden. Yep. And now Deshaun Watson is worn out. So, this is uh, th- this is interesting. Um, Deshaun Watson, they had a terrible season. They were awful this year. Fired their head coach like what six, four, six games in, something like that. Yeah, early in the season they fired the coach. Well, before even that, they trade away his best weapon, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and that was terrible. And I mean, you're seeing the results of it too. And and now, he's asking for out, and for a, a bunch of different reasons. Um. Apparently they don't see eye to eye. See, here's the thing. I, I have some concerns about this. So like the, apparently um, I think it's the GM that they have. He used to be the chaplain for, for the Texans. How do you go from the chaplain to the GM? Anybody who, who ends up being chaplain to that, like it's kind of, it looks a little shady. Right. Like, your, your job is supposed to be people to have, better walk in their faith right then you ended up you using that to get to a further position it it's kind of shady to me but then i mean you know the nfl has all their their issues this year and um 
with uh they've they've had a long history with uh race and right. Colin Kaepernick stuff was happening. Then you hear like now Deshaun Watson wants to leave because he doesn't think the organization is doing enough. So it's it's a it's a big story, Dave. Right. Well, I, I think I thought they were hiring for their GM position a couple of weeks ago or something. And, and what I heard, and, and y'all can fact check me, I'm totally willing to be wrong. But from what I heard is that the Houston Texans paid a firm like a yes, bunch yeah, yeah. of money to come in and help them hire, like help them narrow down the selections and make a good decision. Yeah. So the firm, I guess they like said, okay, here's our top dog. And apparently, from what I had heard, Watson had that guy and another other person or two in that conversation. Like, hey, like, if I have a say, here's who I think we should target. Yes. And that's what happened because it was whoever was, you know, president or whatever the organization, he had his guy in mind, but the search form didn't pick his guy. Correct. So now, you, you know, if, if anybody works in any kind of business or you if you have a job, a nine to five, you know what's about to happen here. It's oh, like... You put, you, put, you put in the application, all right? You know you may be better qualified, but... But you ain't getting that job. You ain't getting that... Listen, if it's already... That's why the question is, so they already got somebody? Yeah. <laughs> they already got somebody? And see, I think Deshaun Watson wasn't in on the... He wasn't in on the whole thing. No, no, not at all. And so... so rub some people wrong if that's your franchise player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you when you say, okay, well, we're gonna trade away this wide receiver and, and we're gonna give you the bag and we're gonna give you the keys to the car, but we control the car. It's our car, it's our keys. And like, yeah, you might be driving, but at the end of the day, here's a reminder: that's still our car. We pay for the insurance, we bought the car, we got the loan. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the Texans were like, y'all don't play with us, right? <laughs> um but so the Texans did not go with the firm's pick and they did not go with anybody that Deshaun Watson had like recommended. And they did not bring Deshaun Watson into the room, into the discussion when they were making that decision. Reminds me of Hamilton. If you, if Nobody if else was in the room where it happened. <laughs> that, if you the franchise player, it's disrespectful. It, took, I, and, and, so, and so it's like Michael Jordan, I took it as disrespect. And fast. so- his thing is, I'm packing my bags. I'm ready to leave. Now, flip side of this, he's been in Texas what for ten years now. They they've made the playoffs six of the last ten years, and then he's he's won four games, four of the six games he's been in in the playoffs. So he's huge, like he's very successful in the yeah, NFL. I think he's been there for like five or six years at this point because last year he had just gotten out of his rookie contract. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he's been there for four or five years, something like that. So he's been to the playoffs. He's won like four games. Yeah, he's won several games in the playoffs. You just said as a Bengals fan, y'all ain't won in 30 years. You would kill years. to have that. You would kill to have that. Facts. And now he wants to now he wants to walk. Yeah. So that's a problem. So I mean, there's a whole lot of things going on there. And so that's that's a big story here that's still developing and flushing out. But I think part of the big thing is is they did all the stuff in the beginning. The kneeling, the sitting in the locker room for the anthem, the national anthem. And finally, when you think like he's starting to get some respect and starting to get a say in things, they take it away from him. Right, right. And 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 this is this is such a unique topic because 
it's feeding right into kind of the second thing that we want to flesh out and pull apart here. Um, and that's the Rooney rule. And, and the last thing I want to say on Deshaun Watson, and I think that this is really important, is that from what I'm reading as of like today, like the last couple hours, is that Deshaun Watson, the, the Texans are like, yo, we like, we'll hire your coach. Like, tell us what coach you want. And, and they're trying to save face. And so they brought up Eric Bieniemy, who is the um, uh, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, who, in my opinion, the fact that this man does not have a job yet is the most mind-blowing thing in the world to me. He He's hands down the best available coordinator. Um, and look what he's done in Kansas City with what they've had. I mean, obviously, they've had a great team, but he's helped coordinate that. Like, right, it's in his job title. Um, but, like, you can have that. In Houston, if you get the right pieces around Deshaun Watson, he's he's so talented. And so they're like, hey, hey, you know, come back to us. You know, it's like it's like you're in that relationship and they're like, baby, I'll buy you a ring, you know. <laughs> but it's like the ring don't matter. You, you know, doggone well, they ain't buying you. You ain't getting no, you may get you may get a ring pop. You ain't getting no ring. You ain't, get, you ain't getting the ring. So, so, so ahead, talk about the Rooney rule real quick. So so the Rooney rule, uh, it was established in 2003 um by uh the Rooney the owner of the Steelers um and and basically the rule is is that when when the NFL teams are hiring a head coach or somebody that's going to be an executive they have to interview at least one minority person for the job um and so I mean we've heard it throughout the years you know you, you hear good and bad um you know you, you the the question is always is it helping in Devon is it helping? Can you talk about the landscape? Yeah, that so coaches? It, I think I, I read an article that said that there was only four organizations have had either a black head coach or some or a black GM since the Rooney rule has started. Um, and so it, it is not, it has not worked. And when, when the league's 70% or more black right now, <laughs> And so you don't get these people in head coaching positions. So what it does essentially is just waste a lot of people's time. Right. And it, and it, and it uh, cause just like how we mentioned, most times when someone gets fired, there's already some, somebody already got somebody in their back pocket, like, Oh, right. I want to hire this guy. Unfortunately, it really hasn't been African-American and Hispanic people. Right. Um, not saying that they're not capable. I mean, we just watched a game or we're watching games this weekend where most of the majority of the staffs of some of these people, the coordinators are black coaches. So four, four coordinators today, each of the four teams have a coordinator that's, that's black. Yeah. So it's not like they're, they're not capable of doing it. It's just that people are just getting passed up for, for different jobs. Um, and there's how many left in the league, right? Just two black coaches, head coaches, right? Black coach. We started off with four this year and now we're down to two. And so it used to be a big thing, like uh, having a black quarterback, I think we're, we're kind of we're moving past that a little bit. Right. Um, we have more uh, more black quarterbacks on um, that stigma's gone. I think the next thing now is going to be head coaches and then we'll eventually get into the GM's positions. Um, but, yeah, the, the Rooney rule is not working. It tokenizes a lot of people. And token. I think that, that's exactly what I was going to call it. It's a token. Yeah. And I think they need to find a different way to to do this. So, like what I propose is. Is. It's not like so. I've seen one of the proposals that uh, they get a higher they get a higher draft pick um, if if they if they hire somebody who's who's black. Yeah, uh, I think the way I read it last year, the proposal was like 
if you hire a black head coach or GM, you move up six spots in the second or third round. Mm -hmm. If they last until the next year, if they last until the next year, um, they, you do it again. And if they last into the third year or something like that, it's even higher and there's more incentive, but here's the thing, bro. Like you just mentioned it for black head coaches to start the year two to finish. I think about one right off the top of my head is the coach for the chargers. Um, Anthony Lynn, the dude had a rookie quarterback this year. They won like six or seven games. That's not great, but bro, let me, let me just say this again in case y'all forgot I'm a Bengals fan, and my guy, Zach, whatever his name is, our head coach, my guy has, like, two wins in two years. And, like, like I understand, rookie quarterback, you know, last year's first season, I get that. But, like, I just think that the chain for, for minority coaches is so much shorter that their, their lack of success is so much is so much more amplified. And if yeah. they don't succeed right away, it's a wrap. They're done. So my thing with this, I, I propose that, I mean, this is kind of the way I think about it is like, I mean, if you're in uh, Green Bay, for example, I'm not expecting you to have an all black staff. Like right. it's, it's kind of hard to, like, but if you're in like Chicago, LA, pretty much anywhere else in the NFL, like, with your population. So it should, I think it should be based off a of population of the city that you're in to have like, and it, it doesn't even got, I mean, to me, like, I think for a lot of African-Americans that are just looking for just a, a, a way in, just right. a, foot in, a foot in the door. And so like based off the whole organization, percentage of population, like should reflect the percentage in your staff or on or in the organization. That's really unique. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and that, that way you kind of, you're not, I don't think you'd be tokenizing people because it, it reflects what we got going on here. So like, I, I keep bringing up Green Bay, a Buffalo. I, right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of black folks are around there. Right. So if it's like, you know, 6%, well, let your organization reflect 6%. Like that's, I think that should be like the, the bar minimum of a goal is to try to have their organization reflect that. Now, eventually the hope is that that changes and that gets people into head coaching and and then you can disseminate a rule like that because it's like we have the stat like it's not like you know what i'm saying it's not like we have to enforce this anymore because I mean, it could be anything you could be i mean you could be the, the marketing person it could be anything yeah like yeah, yeah anything in the organization is kind of like the foot in the door thing the, i think the problem is right now they're just not getting the opportunity is what yeah. it seems like i mean and i mean to have this many coordinators kind of get overlooked um, is not a, is not a good look for the league, especially with the past that they're going on right now. Right. Um, I mean, there, there's several benefits. Like I work in education. So there's benefits of having someone that looks like you in the same room as you. Right. Um, there's just like students at a younger age perform better when they have a teacher that looks like them. Right. Um, and it's just so like, I think I get that these are grown men, but there's, when stuff happens in the world, um, and I get that this is a job, I get that this you're grown men, but you would like to have, you would like to know that your coach and your organization has your back and they're right. looking out for your best interests. Unfortunately, right now, it just looks like they're looking out for the monetary interests. It, and I understand, like, here's the thing, like, that I want people that are listening to this to understand. We understand that the NFL is a business, but 
I, I mean, Devon works in education. This, that's something that the education system is trying to change from the top down. You know what I'm saying? Is really try to get people in places to help students succeed, right? Because that's their business, right? The NFL, their business, the people that make them the most money are the 22 guys that play, you know, that are on the field at the same time, all the other guys in the locker room and the coaching staff. That's who brings in their money. And yeah. if you know anything about business at all, if you know anything about any organization, the most important thing is to make sure that you set your employees up for success, right? That is the best way to get dividends is if your employees feel empowered, if they feel like they're being led well, then they're going to perform no matter what they're doing. If they're selling Girl Scout cookies or if they're selling, you know, or, you know, if they're playing professional sports to the highest level, if they're investors, it doesn't matter. If they feel empowered and they're led well, then they're going to perform and make you money. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I get the argument of the best person gets the job and whatnot, but I mean, these people are just looking for opportunities. Right. Um, you know, we can let let the people get in and then we can work some, some things right. out right now, but it just doesn't seem like that's happening right now. So. Right. And I think that's what's so crazy. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I believe three or four head coaches have already been hired in this offseason cycle. Yeah. They're all white. And we just told you well, that there's the one dude is uh I mean he's not white. What's well his name? um the um uh Selah for yeah. the is he for the Lions? The Eagles, I think. No, uh the Eagles hired the Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator. Goodness. Um we are, we got we need this is why we need producer Chris to, to <laughs> We need fact checks. We need fact checks. Chris, I need you to fact check. So Selah went to the Jets. Okay, so let me let me let me back myself up. Four head coaches hired, three white, one guy that kind of looks white still, but shout out to him. He's uh the first Muslim, yeah, the first Muslim head coach in the NFL. Uh that's fantastic. I wish him the best of luck in New York. I hope they like that. Like I don't like to me, it, I mean, this may sound kind of hypocritical, but it's like at that point, I don't, I don't like. It's interesting. He's the first, you know. They're getting a lot of first women and first right, right. refereeing and, and being assistant coach, but it's like, like that's his. Like we're talking about that's his religion. Yeah. So like, I think that's different than your than your ethnicity, yeah. and, you know, like, um, or your race. And so, right. so for me, it's like I that's. It's interesting, but I don't think that that's you know it, it doesn't it, to me. It's like you know we're breaking. What kind of mold are we breaking? Like yeah, yeah. could be anybody could change and do that. Yeah, I I agree. And so I think that we're at a really interesting juxtaposition here, right? So when we talk about the NFL and we're talking about the inequality, um, th- this is kind of the NFL has kind of been the center of this inequality discussion. I mean, really for a long time, but specifically since, since cap took the knee, I think yeah. they've kind of been like the, the center piece of that. And the NFL for a long time has been one of the most popular sports in the world, but especially in the United States um, has been a hugely popular sport. And so when we look at the NBA, you know, which is, 
if you listen to our podcast in the past, like that's kind of mine and Devon's favorite league. Like, I mean, I, th- I feel like I can be, you know, say that like we, we really enjoy the NBA uh, a lot and not that we don't the NFL is just kind of not it for us. Um, but, you know, I think about how in the last year or so, really since the COVID happened um, and the NBA was the only sport being played for months that was competitive Obviously, baseball kind of started right after the NBA bubble or right before somewhere around the similar time. But baseball still had a 60 game, you know, you know, timeline, whereas the NBA, they had what, 10 or 11 really important games to get into the, uh, you know, get into the playoffs. Yeah. And so last year when the NBA, the the game against the Bucks against um, the Raptors, the, I believe is the magic magic. OK. Um, and the day after Jacob Blake happened or the day the video was released, they decided not to play the game. And I'll be honest with you, that was way more bold in my opinion than what, than what cat did. Uh, this was kind of the first time we saw players put their money where their mouth was in regards to the, you know, the issue of race and in regards to the issue of, um, police brutality, I think more specifically, uh, you know, with the with the Bucks coming out with the statement, like, yo, we're not going to play. And I, I'll never forget. I mean, we had a podcast shortly after that. And um, I mean, in the, for the first time in my life, I really saw people say, yo, we're not we're not going to do this. And somebody that was kind of found out how much money they were going to lose if they didn't play this. <laughs> uh, but but, you know, kind of one of the centerpieces of I really feel like the last eight to 10 months of this discussion has been Kyrie Irving, um, who I think was six months ago said, I, I'd quit for this uh, cause, you know, speaking about police brutality specifically. Um, and so this year started out really weird, right? The, the Duke Kyrie yeah. went, he went incognito. So, I mean, Kyrie's just an odd dude. I mean, he's he's a he's a flat earther. Um, he he called out LeBron earlier this summer. Like, why do you, why do you do that? Like, I to me, I just think that he 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 says it, but do your actions really back up like what you're doing? Yeah. And so like, and I mean, yeah, and and so a lot of people will say, well, you know, Dev, he he's he's buying all this other stuff and he's doing all these different things for, for different people, you know, supporting WNBA, the Dakota pipeline and all these different things. And that's great. But Kyrie, you can't, you can't, you can't just go missing for a week. Like, and I, I mean, he's, he's a weird dude too. I think he, he just, to me, it's a, it's a, he started off just trying to get attention. So it was like the sage around the stadium yeah yeah it was, it was super odd stuff and then he did the uh then he's not talking to media for a while he, he just said i just i don't care i don't want to talk to media yeah I, there was a i was listening to an old podcast a couple of years ago where he called himself the lauren hill of basketball where he just one day just gonna disappear it's like dude it's just odd it's just really <laughs> odd stuff yeah and that's a unique this, uh <laughs> we keep giving this dude attention like right. and then he comes back and gets 42 dropped on his head so it's just like, yeah, he's he's super talented, one of the best ball handlers we've ever seen in the bat in the league. But like you were saying, he just disappeared for a week. Yeah, he didn't tell anybody what was going. 
disappeared. There were pictures of him at his sister's birthday. You got fined fifty k for that. Yeah, and it was talk about is it worth it? And then um, he he he's, he's at a city hall meeting while the Nets are playing. His own team is playing. Right. So, I mean, we're about to get into this this discussion here. I think, like, if you're on a team, my teammates are like my brothers to me. They're, they're like family. And we always say, like, I got my brother's back. I am my brother's keeper here, right? right. For you just to disappear is, is unacceptable. Yeah. Now, I know he said he came back and apologized. He did He did take accountability for his actions, or he did take um, responsibility for his actions, and he understood, like, that I'm going to be held accountable for them. But it's just, I mean, him saying, man, it's so hard, it's tough. Kyrie, man, there's millions of other black people in this country who are going through st- some tough stuff, who had to watch the, the, the Capitol riots or whatever. We had to watch that happen. Look, I know that it's, I'm not, you're not, you're not the exception that you get to right. just skip out on work. You know what really could have meant something to people is if, he showed up to work. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what every other black person had to do. Right. Like, you know, COVID has been affecting the black community. It's devastated this community, right? Yeah. We still have to go to work. All right. Frontline workers, essential workers, whatever, you're there. And you, and you deal with that. I mean, it's, it's part of the plight of being black in America. You, right. you want to show another privilege that you have is have so much money. We can just disappear for a week and everyone's going to say it's all good when you buy somebody a house. $820,000 is how much he forfeited in salary. To me, like, I mean, there, there is a mental health aspect to this and I want to be sensitive to that. But when, when tough things happen, do you just fold or, do, or, or can you like surround yourself with other people who will support you and push through these things? You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, you know, I think for me, I I definitely want to touch on the mental health point of everything. Uh, the way I look at it is, I think over the last few years, we've definitely seen a lot more athletes be outspoken about their mental health. Uh, Kevin Love came out and had a piece uh, last year in the uh, in the Players, Players Tribune, Tribune. Yep. about about mental health. Um, we, we've kind of seen it across the landscape of sports and, and I will say, I'm really glad, right. I'm glad that people are talking about this because mental health ravages communities today. Um, and I think that we have to say that and we have to understand that it's a real problem to, to kind of push forward with what the solutions are, right? Because, I agree. The dude's got to work. I got to work. Uh, you know, last year during COVID, when everything was shut down, I was still working. Now, granted, I'm grateful I was working from home, but I was navigating. And I think other people were navigating just that sense, that feeling that like, yo, I'm, I'm at home. Like, how, how am I actually even having impact? Yeah. Right. And so I think that a lot of people were struggling with different things. But what you have to learn to do is say, OK, I got to go do my work right? I got to go do my job so I can provide for my family. And I understand that Kyrie's probably got millions in the bank and he doesn't have to worry about collecting that check. But at the end of the day, it's his job. 
And the thing that he that could have been really impactful is if Kyrie says, hey, look, I, I'm not playing tonight because I, I really don't feel like this is I'm in a good headspace. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take the next three days, these next two days, and I'm going to go spend time with a therapist, with my family. I'm going to recover. I'm dealing with this like I just need to deal with it. Right. And I need to learn how to cope with it. Like, let's say he does that. How much better does that look? Then ghosting the organization that pays you millions of dollars to play basketball. And again, like you said, your teammates that trust you, you know, last year, like he said, he came out with this comment that he was finally so happy to play with somebody that he could pass the ball to and they could make the shot. If you ain't on the court, you can't even get the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's nothing you can, you can't do that. And so if I'm that teammate, and also in case you've been living under a rock, if you like sports, like James Harden got traded to the Nets last week. So like they have the potential to be the greatest, like three-headed monster of all time in terms of how well they can score at all three levels. There's never been a combination of three teammates that can score anywhere on the court. Um, and that's not even a question. There's no, it's not even close. Um, and so to, to ghost your team, to just seriously not be there, um, I think, and I'm hopeful, right? Like, so all that being said, I don't know about you. I'm hopeful and I can only pray for the dude. I hope one that, that ultimately he finds the Lord. I mean, that's like the only thing that's going to save the dude truly, but I'm hopeful that for his own mental capacity, that he is having people in his life, in his corner. He has a board of directors that are saying to him, look, keep playing and let let us help you cope with this stuff. Because yeah. if he's really going through it, then like cope with it, deal with it. But you can't just leave your life and you can't just stop. Like that's the worst thing you can do is stop. So, so let's get Sometimes life knocks you down. Sometimes you get ahead, but the only thing you cannot do is stop. All right. So on that note, all right, here's a gospel implication for this. All right. Is Kyrie Irving, you just said he got fined $825,000, right? So he, so he lost out on $820,000 in salary and he was fined 50,000 for not wearing a mask. So combined 875 is what this dude lost. All right. I mean, this dude is getting paid tons of money that most of the people listening to this podcast will never even see in their life, right? He, he's in Brooklyn. He's playing with probably one of the best scorers, if not the best scorer of all time. He's got a, one of the best scorers of all time, yeah, bro. All time, playing on his team. Got a chance to – he's won an NBA championship, and he's not happy. And that's the thing that I want people to realize. Yep. This guy has everything and he's not happy. It's in Ecclesiastes, they say, a vanity of vanities. Yep. Right? It's here today, gone tomorrow, that this dude thinks that his money, his championships, his lifestyle, partying. His political activism even. All that stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. When we talk about politics, I mean, you, we, we can come up with earthly solutions, but, I, but ultimately we know that's just a Band-Aid on a problem. Mm-hmm. Like we have we – have, we have eternal problems that we need to feel. Right. So here's the thing. This guy has all this money, all these things. He thinks that's going to make his, himself happy. He's not happy and he doesn't know what to do. So he just right. stops. He just stops. So what does, what does the gospel, what does the Bible say about this? 
So David in Psalm 42, he was, he was going through tough times. He was depressed. And what, he, what did he have to do? He had to preach the gospel back to himself. Yeah. He said, hope in the Lord is what I, is, is what I gained. Right. So he, he kept preaching to himself, hoping God, trusting God, trusting God. I mean, this dude, he was, he was going through it like a deer pants for water. My soul thirst for thirst you. For you. Yeah. He's, he's talking about the gospel. He's talking about God here. And so when you don't, when the psalmist in Psalm 55, and then in Matthew, um, Jesus says, cast your burdens on the Lord. Mm. All right. When you try to cast your eternal burdens on yourself, it's never going to work. Right. We can't do that. Like the wages of sin is death. We can't pay that wage. Christ can. Mm. Christ can. And that's what we got to do. We got to put your hope in Christ. So like, I mean, kind of like to wrap up this whole segment here is like this, this is a guy who has like, I mean, I keep repeating it, but he has everything. Earthly. He's living a Hooper's dream. He's the best ball handler, maybe of all time. Right. Okay. He's what you create on 2K when you make the video game. <laughs> right. And he still ain't happy. Yep. So what you think, you know, a person out there who's, who's just like rise and grind every day. You think you think that that's going that stuff's going to make you happy? Well, this dude's got ten times more than you ever see. Right. Still not happy. Mm. Only thing that there's only one thing that's going to make him happy. Until then, the rest of the world we're just going to see him just he's going to be temporary happiness. This vanity of vanities. The vanity of vanities, like smoke. It looks real happy one day, and it's just gone like it's just gone like a mist. And then it, it's going to be right back in the cycle over and over. He he put the sage everywhere. I that did nothing to him. Mm-mm. It did nothing for him. So my prayer is for Kanye. I said Kanye. For for Kyrie. For yeah, maybe, him too. <laughs> maybe. Uh, my prayer is for Kyrie to find the Lord. It, yeah. Is to is is to trust in the Lord. And it I mean it is and for all the people around him, because it, it doesn't matter what this guy, no matter the activism, how many points he scores, all this stuff and stuff. It does. It does. It doesn't matter unless he has unless he has an internal perspective on the issue. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, that's a way that we have to understand the gospel is that like, yeah, we can sit here and say like he's done good things. He's done good moral things like he doesn't know the creator of the universe. Right. And that at the end of the day will ultimately like that's the hole that you're trying to fill. He's trying to fill it with money, ball, whatever else you can name. Even the good things that you try to fill that hole with, it will never, ever, ever suffice ever. Yep. And that's what we have to realize. And that's what is so important for us as believers to not put these folks on a pedestal of these good things. Right. And good things are good. Right. Like there are people that are sinful people that don't know Jesus that do good things and we can we can you know thank them for that and we can hope for that to be the case but at the end of the day like they're not doing the greatest thing that they could do for themselves and for the kingdom of God and that's to know Jesus and and know him as your lord and savior and so all the good things that people do and all the things that people uh you know accumulate and receive is it pales in comparison and that's what you have to realize 
And, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's, that's the most important thing that we can, you know, pray for these athletes to have a platform to, you know, to, to know Jesus. Yep. Amen. Amen, brother. Yeah, I think that's a really good note to end on, but, you know, I want to say that this, this, these topics, these things, you know, specifically regarding, you know, the NFL and, and the NBA, like all these things, there's a connection in the culture, right? There's a connection in, um, in theology and, and from a biblical worldview that we can take a step back and see. And uh, I'm really grateful that we get the opportunity to do that on this podcast and um, grateful for your, your perspective, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah brother. And now we got a, another episode coming up for you. Oh, did, oh, wait, this was the bonus episode. So you're supposed to listen to this one afterwards. You know what? You can listen whatever, to whatever order you listen to it in. All right. It don't matter. Just listen to it. That's right. And we got this far. We appreciate you. Big facts. Big facts. We appreciate you. Super excited. Tune in. Listen to this podcast. Like, rate, comment, subscribe, share all the whole nine yards. We appreciate you. And be on the lookout. DaveAndDev.com. We got more merch on the way. And this merch is not just for me and Devon. We always say that this money doesn't line our pockets anyway, but this one especially doesn't. This is a really special cause. So stay tuned for our other episode. Follow us on social media. Like I said, subscribe on YouTube. We're about to turn up. All right, Dave. Hey, until 30 minutes from now when we record this next episode. Until next time. Peace. Peace.